0: I love the snow. I know some of y'all don't, but that's okay. Hang in there for a moment with me. I love when it first starts, particularly at night. Just the silence that happens when the snow starts. I love to go on a walk and hear my feet in the snow. The silence, the solitude, the sacredness of the snow. I love how the song describes Jesus' birth as more like a winter snow than a hurricane. The holidays can feel like a hurricane at times. Yet our God came to be with us like a winter snow. Didn't come with all the pomp and the circumstance. There was no big announcement born where the animals stay i don't know where you are in the process of the holiday season some of us may just be chomping at the bit at the anticipation of the eight days to come others of us are panicked we are reflecting can amazon really get it to us on time or not I don't know. The Hartmans are kind of, we're getting close to that deadline. We'll figure it out, right? And then there are some of us that are just sitting here or online and you're, we're going, I just want this to be over with. All this season does is remind me of what I've lost, of what is no more. And like all of those, and if you're none of those and you're somewhere in between, it's all good. That's where we are. It's not right or wrong, good or bad. We just are where we are. And our God comes to be with us right here where we are. So I'm hopeful, as has already been the case, that as we continue our time together, that we can quiet the hustle, the bustle, the noise, and we can just be with our God in this space and Tom, let us pray. Oh Lord, our rock and our Redeemer, God, thank you that you came, that you continue to come to be with us. I thank you the the illustration, the analogy of you come like the winter snow. It makes me think that you are safe and accessible, and that you are calm, peaceful loving, joy. We give thanks for that. Lord, you know what needs to be said today? Speak through me, to me, and despite of me. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I don't know if y'all watch crime shows, by the way, we just, never mind, I was getting ready to go down a tangent, I'm not going to do, I'm going to save you all from my tangent today. But I am going to talk to you about, do y'all watch crime shows, not cops, though that's probably um, aging myself a little bit, not cops, but like, did you ever watch Law and Order? Any Law and Order fans? Yeah, my dad would watch those over and over on syndication. It was like, you know, you know they're going to be guilty or innocent. You've seen it enough. And recently, my husband and I have been watching NCIS New Orleans, like there are so many options of NCIS, but NCIS of New Orleans. But one of the things with these shows is you have witnesses, people who saw and heard something, or both saw and heard something, and they try to get them to tell about it. That's what it means to be a witness that you see and you hear, and then you tell. In our membership vows, we say that you will commit your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. When we talk about our mission is to share Christ, serve others, and grow in faith, share Christ means witness. Witness. Witnesses are not just found on crime shows or streaming shows. They are, being a witness is part of each and every one of us, what we are called to do. But witnessing is more than seeing and hearing, and we're going to see that and hear that as we go to our reading today. A reading today is found in Luke, and the story will be familiar to many of us. But what I want you to do is I want you to focus. I want you to focus on the shepherds. We talked a couple of weeks ago about how Zachariah and Elizabeth, how they found unlikely hope. (coughs) Excuse me. And then we talked about the Magi and how they were unlikely friends when we look at the birth narratives, the birth stories of Jesus. And last week, we looked at Herod. Of all people, we looked at Herod. And about how he had power, but yet the power of God, the power of God coming to be with us through Jesus Christ is this incredibly unlikely power. Today, we look at the story of the shepherds. The shepherds who were actually the first witnesses to the birth of Jesus. We're going to look at their story And what I want you to do as I read in my eloquent Western North Carolina accent (laughs) is, I want you to listen for what the shepherds did and what they said, what they saw. We start in Luke 2, is where I'm reading from. Earlier in the the book of Luke, or the chapter of Luke 2. What we have taking place is that Mary and Joseph have gone to Bethlehem. Jesus is born. They've wrapped him in cloths and placed him in the manger. And this is where the shepherds come in. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told it's a familiar story potentially and maybe we think that the story of the shepherds is not unlikely and yet it it is though sometimes unlikely seems more likely than not and what in the world am i talking about that i know i spent a long time on that one just so you know i'm not even sure what it means but it sounds good no this is what it means. So the shepherds are an interesting group of folks. Some, some commentaries or study Bibles you will read will talk about the shepherds were like these outsiders. They were, at, they, they were a rough group. We had talked about how the Magi weren't from around here. The shepherds were that rough group. You know that group. You've either talked about them or been them before. But they were, this group, their job was outside. It was a rough job. They weathered the element. An interesting thing about the shepherds is there is some belief that based on where Bethlehem is in the shepherds, this group of shepherds could have potentially have been the shepherds who tended to the flock, the lambs that were offered up as sacrifice at the temple, which is fascinating to think about when you think about the complete story of Jesus so there are these outsiders they're they're not the group it wasn't like the first witnesses of Jesus birth were the religious elite it wasn't who they were but what we know about scripture is this that king david was a shepherd before he was a king you remember Psalm 23? It says, The Lord is my. Later in the Gospels, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. shepherd. Like shepherd, like they, came, they, they, they are noted in scripture before the telling of the story of the birth of Jesus, and there is reference beyond that. This group, this is the first witnesses of the birth of Jesus, that they were told to go. They were told to go. But it was this unlikely group that was told to go be the first witnesses of the birth of Jesus. There's this other interesting piece to their story as well that may seem unlikely, That is the part about where they were. Scripture says they were living and they were keeping watch. They were keeping watch. They were doing their jobs. They were living their lives. They weren't at some special called conference or concert. They were living their lives. And God showed up in that, in that space and time and that happens to you and me, to us. God shows up in the likely, yet requires us to see beyond the obvious. Last week I was in traditional. I'm going I'm to take just a quick time. Out. Do you mind to get my water bottle and hand it to me? Sorry. Just a little. Thank you. So I was over in traditional last week, which meant I led the prayer and I also um, preached. And I prayed the prayer. I did the thing just like we do the things each Sunday. And when I got back to my office, I had a text that a congregate's husband had gone to the hospital the night before and they were notifying us. And so I started this text exchange with the person whose husband had gone to the hospital and she said, there was a part of your prayer that really resonated with her. And I was like, really? Like, what was it? And she said what I said that I didn't remember saying was that that may we see glimpses of God even in our suffering. And so we began this conversation about getting glimpses of God In our everyday lives. By the way, she gave me permission to tell this story. I just want y'all to know that if you talk to me, it doesn't mean you're the next sermon illustration. (laughs) Unless you're my family and sometimes I rattle stuff off without checking, but I try to check. So we began this conversation. I visited the hospital on Monday and we started talking about getting glimpses of God in our lives. Sometimes life is just so busy and it's so full or we're too overwhelmed by life that we miss the glimpses of God. It is sometime in the obvious, the big things like uh, these, these opportunities to see concerts our kids are in and all that and we get the glimpse of God. Maybe it is in the quiet in reading scripture and we get a glimpse of God. Maybe we see a family interact at Walmart and it's a glimpse of God. Maybe it's in our own lives. This lady told me about how she saw glimpses of God in that evening when the ambulance was called when her neighbors supported, and in the hours that followed. She shares the whole experience in the devotional this upcoming Thursday. I encourage you to read it. Because it is part about being a witness. It is part of what we see in the story of the shepherds, that they were just living their lives, they were in the routine and the mundane, and God shows up. When's the last time you've seen God show up in your life? It's about being a witness. Part of being a witness is also this it's, it's God necessitates, let me read, being a witness to God necessitates the unlikely. We must find and tell. This is what happens. They're told about Jesus, but they got to go find him. And then they tell about the, him. They, they don't become, we don't have evidence that they become disciples or great evangelists. What we see in scripture about the shepherds is they were told, they went to find, they saw, and they told. What about you and I? Do we seek? Do we see? And do we tell? This past Lent, Lent of 2023, we offered a Bible study. It was a, it's a specific way of reading scripture. It's called Inductive Bible Study Method. It's the first time we had offered it since I've been here. And i I was just offering a Bible study. Actually, it was a part of a requirement ordination. I have to write a Bible study. I'm like, I'll try this. And I couldn't believe how many people signed up. I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be fun. And we, it, we read the book of John inductively, and we, we saw and believed in new ways, and it was powerful. And then they start asking the participants, start going, so what's the next book? I'm like, the next book? I just thought we were doing one. <laughs> it's been such a gift. Because what's happened is we read Acts after that in April and May. And then the participants are like, so what are we doing this summer? What are we doing this summer? I thought y'all went on vacations. What do you mean we're doing? Oh, we're going to get study the Bible over the summer because our God's a living God and he's 365 days. Yes, I'm all in. And then it's like, well, what's this fall? This fall was Genesis. And just over the past couple of weeks, we have read Matthew, Luke, and John, their depictions of the birth of Jesus. And we could talk about whether John's is really a depiction or not, but you need to come to the group for us to do that. But one of the things I did recently is I looked at the class, the roster, the group roster. For this Advent study, reading inductively, and approximately 70% of the people who attended have attended one of the studies previously. But 30%, approximately 30%, it was their first time. Do you know what that means? That's not because we've done a great job of communicating about Deeply Rooted, though maybe we have. The majority of people show up because someone talks about it, because they share, because they've been witness to what God is doing through Scripture in their lives, and they go and tell family and friends about it. They tell them, and those folks come and see, and then they tell. And the method is not for everyone, but it is amazing to watch what the Holy Spirit has been up to through this. It is truly evidence of the significance that when we witness, we just don't hear and see so that we go, look at what I did. Look at what information I got. It's when we see and hear God, and then we go and we tell another thing that the shepherds do is that it says that they return they go back they go back to the fields and it says they praise God and glorify him I don't know about you all but when good things happen in my life I like to let people know by text or maybe social media I don't know if you do that. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's a face-to-face conversation. Yet, do we give praise to God and glory to God? Not just in this one hour or 45 minutes that we gather together, but much more than that. Do we give praise and glory to God? There are times uh, athletes or musicians or actors and actresses will experience, they will be rewarded or they have a good game and they're interviewed. And one of the first things they talk about is that they give praise and glory to God. And sometimes for some of us that can be uncomfortable. And yet when we think about it, they're being witnesses to what God has done in their lives, and they are giving praise and glory. That's what the shepherds did, this group of routine people, unlikely people to be the first witnesses of the birth of Jesus. But it was to this group that the angels appeared. It was to this group that they did more than see and hear. They went. They went to find, they went to see, and then they went to tell. And so for you and I, this is about looking at the unlikely in our lives, how we may think we are unlikely witnesses of God. Why would God choose us? I'm also often fascinated at funerals when people talk about the person who has passed away, and I think about how a powerful life each and every one of us get to live, the influence that we get to have, that we're not necessarily gonna be the most famous people that ever walked the face of the earth, but in our lives, we get the opportunity to be witness to who God is and to be able to go share that in big ways and in small ways as I have reflected on this series of unlikely I have this profound thought I'm going to share with you and that is maybe the unlikely is the whole point year round Living an unlikely story is the way of our God. Is not that not true? When we look at the story of the birth of Jesus, it's highly unlikely. Came like a winter snow. No pomp, no circumstance. God was there. This unlikely group of witnesses saw it and they went to tell about it. And because they did, because of these witnesses, not just then, but over the generations, you and I, we sit here, we watch online, and we get the opportunity to be witnesses of the grace and love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So how are you going to be witnesses this week? How are you going to hear and see, go find our God and tell about it? How are you going to catch glimpses of God? How are you going to praise and worship our God? I know it's busy. I get it. And yet getting to be unlikely witnesses is like the best thing we're going to get to do this week. It is. Not just this week, but year-round as we get to experience God's love and grace. So once you go tell, tell someone to come with you next Sunday. Sunday. Our services in here will be at eleven o'clock with the family service, and at two and at four. Nine o'clock will be in traditional. Eight eight o'clock in the evening and eleven o'clock p.m. Maybe start there. Come and see. Come and find. Go and tell. You be unlikely. Let us be unlikely witnesses. Let us pray. O oh Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer, we thank you that you came to be with us. And that changes everything. Yet we take hope in the manger isn't the end, it's the beginning, and that we get to see you live out your life here on earth teaching and ministering, healing, providing hope, dying on a cross and raising on the third day. We give thanks for the whole story. We give thanks that you equip us, whether we think we're equipped or not, that we get to see you and hear you. We get to find you and we get to go tell about you, Lord. May that be the most important thing we do in the days ahead. And may we give you all honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.